PDPW On Demand. Here's Bill Baker. Rebuilding resiliency during unexpected change. We're joined by Holly Green of The Human Factor, who helps us to use our brains to be more resilient. Hi, this is Holly Green with The Human Factor. And today I wanna share with you some thoughts and some tips and techniques for rebuilding your resiliency during constant unexpected change. You know, there's no question everyone in the world is going through it. We've got everything imaginable kind of hitting us from all directions. Some of it just distraction, some of it significantly impacting our businesses, our families, our communities, etc. And the key really is, is to use our brains more effectively during these times so that we are able to spring back. We are able to constantly go with the flow just a little better than we might normally do intuitively. So the first thing to think about is that we are pattern-seeking, structure-loving animals. Our brain really likes what it already knows. It travels the same mental pathways over and over again because we like the familiarity of the path. Whether the pathway is the best one to travel, whether it serves us the best or not, is pretty irrelevant to our brain, actually. This sort of helps us understand why people can make the same mistakes over and over, or why you might know someone who gets in the same bad relationships in their life, or why sometimes we find ourselves having the same meeting over and over and expecting a different result. That is really the way our brain is set up to work. And there are a lot of reasons for that we won't talk about today. But just kind of trust me that we really do like the same things. Pattern-seeking, structure-loving animals. Now, the good news is we can create whole new pathways, new structures, new frameworks to work with from our brain. And I know many of you may have heard the old cliche, hopefully not said about you, that an old dog can't learn new tricks. But actually, we don't know about dogs, but humans can learn new tricks. Uh, no matter how old we are, as long as our brain is healthy and we're alive, we have the ingredients we need. If we couple that with a little bit of time, and I'm talking about a matter of seconds, and the intention to think a new thunk that is going to serve us better based on the new scenario that we're faced with in the world, whether it's changing regulations or lockdowns or increasing prices or supply chain issues, doesn't matter what it is. As long as we have the intention to pause just momentarily and think, we have the ability to do what's called neuroplasticity. And that just means create a new pathway in our brain. So let's talk about this unexpected change and what the adult human goes through. Keep in mind, every single one of us goes through these phases in change. Um, none of us are immune from this. It's just that some people go through the phases a second each. Some people get stuck in a phase for the rest of their life. Some people, it takes hours and hours, other it takes months and months. So it varies dramatically by the change and by the individual. But the cool thing is we do all go through them and we can get through them more effectively if we're aware of the phase of change that we're in and what we need to do to move forward. So the first thing that happens when an unexpected change, and by the way, this can be unexpected good or unexpected not so good, okay, um, is we kind of go into shock, right? What is this? What, what's going on? Don't understand it. I've never seen this before. 
That is our first instantaneous sort of instinctual reaction to change. It's a sudden um, event or experience that causes us to just ponder and wonder. And then to begin kind of pushing back against it, which takes us to that second phase of change, which is denial. That's when we look for evidence it's not true or it won't affect me. You know, this, this can't be happening. There's no way this will last. This will go away. We go through a whole myriad of sort of excuses or reasons in our brain that this just won't affect me, uh, that it'll only affect others or only affects uh, certain aspects of our job, etc. Now, once we kind of get a grasp a little bit that it is affecting me, and, and usually that's a more kind of a negative reaction, we move into frustration or anger. Things are different. They're unfamiliar. I don't like it. And here's why it won't work. So I begin really actively pushing against the change, resisting the change. Now, you've all seen this when you try to change a process at work or even simple funny things, uh, you know, can cause us to go into this. The way a line snakes around a store or we have to, you know, park differently when we go to our church or our synagogue uh, for, you know, it, it's one of those simple funny things and we can go into this frustration. And again, you have a choice. Okay, here's why it won't work, which is a very instinctual reaction. But then to push yourself to think about, wait a minute, could it work? Is this okay? Does it matter? Does it even matter? Now, when we go through this stage of frustration or anger, the next instinctual phase is depression. And not a clinical type of depression necessarily, but a lack of energy. We withdraw, we disconnect. I'm just gonna check out and wait. I don't have to do this. I don't have to work this way. There's no way this will affect the way we do business. We sort of just take ourselves out of the equation. Now, again, when this follows that frustration, I don't like it, here's why it won't work. We disconnect and, and you can move through those in seconds if you keep forcing yourself to think about how might this work? What good can I find? Is, does this even really matter? Because that will take you to the next and most important stage of dealing with unexpected change. And that's accepting and beginning to experiment, right? That's when we consider new ideas or new ways of working or just adapting our behaviors or our thoughts in some sometimes very small ways and sometimes insanely significant ways. So I'm gonna think about this in a positive way and I'm gonna consider how it can work and if it really matters. Is this something worth my energy to be frustrated or upset about? And then that moves us to the last phase of unexpected change, which is when we integrate. We work with the new parameters, the new situation, we become more positive and I'm gonna do this now to move forward. That's also when we move into the phase where we can help others most effectively move forward. So I want you to kind of keep in mind that today we are experiencing wave after wave of change, tossing us back to the beginning shock constantly. And it's very easy for all of us to get caught in this loop of shock, denial, frustration, and depression. And every single change knocks us back to the beginning. And so when we see the, the amount of change, the magnitude of change, the co constant change that we're in, it's no wonder that so many people today feel exhausted, even if they might be sleeping more. Uh, they feel kind of checked out. They feel frustrated. And we're seeing that play out, of course, in clinical diagnosis, et cetera. The good news is, as I said, you have control of your brain. 
you are the only one that can tell your brain what to think and can trigger your brain to think different things, can help your brain to refocus on the accepting and integrating aspects of unexpected change reaction. To do that, the first thing we want to do is think about how important it is to keep in mind that change is external. It's something that happens to us, right? So it happens to us from the outside. It wasn't necessarily our choice. Now, there's a difference in uh, the phases of positive change, by the way. Uh, so I'm talking about unexpected, mostly negative changes here now. So change is external. Transition, how we deal with that change is internal. It's how we alter our own behavior, our own perspective to come to terms with the change. We have control over that. Most days, if you're like me, you don't feel like you have control over it. Things happen and we react and we feel like things are out of our control so much of the time. But really, if you just take one deep breath and remember, I control how I think. I control how I react. And that's the only thing really I can probably control. I can't control how others react or think, but I can control myself. Once you've reminded yourself that change is external, transition is internal, you now have the ability, you've made just a little bit of space, a second or two in your brain to begin developing your resiliency. And this can help you transition even more effectively. And we want resiliency because resilient people get the right things done with a great attitude. We're focused on continuous improvement and we don't get worn down or checked out by the constant change. So we spring back, we bend and we adapt to achieve even faster. There are five factors of resiliency, positive, focused, flexible, proactive, and organized. Organized, I think, is the one that surprises most people because some of us tend to prefer to be more organized and others of us prefer maybe not to necessarily be as organized. But I will tell you for resiliency, it is a good skill set and competency to build. So let's just talk briefly about what each of these mean and then you'll, you'll come up with some ideas and I'll give you a few simple tips on how we can build each of these into our lives a little more effectively in today's world. Positive. Positive people display a security and a self-assurance that's based on the view of life as complex and filled with opportunity. So we know things are out of our control. We know there are a lot of interdependencies in the world. We understand that, you know, if something happens here, eventually through the supply chain, it happens there or, or whatever the process is. And, not but, and we know that there's probably some way, if we really think about it, we can take advantage of it. We can leverage it. We can do something positive with that information. So changing your perspective is a very powerful way to, to force yourself to become more positive. You are instinctually good at changing your perspective. You probably do it a lot more than you even realize on a day-to-day -day basis. So this is about focusing that ability and being intentional. And it's very simple if we just ask ourselves a question. The adult human cannot not answer a question. So make your questions good, right? <laughs> not what's wrong with this, why can't I? What's wrong with you? What, why are you doing it? That's stupid. But ask ourselves questions that force us to look at possibilities. What can we do now? What good can we find in this? Who might actually benefit from this? 
How can I figure this out? Where can I look? Who can I leverage? How can I help others? Which, by the way, is a universal trait, except for psychopaths, um, in adult humans, that, that's something that we all enjoy doing. So forcing yourself to change perspective by simple prompts or quick questions to your brain. What's the best I can make of this? What am I going to learn out of this and then be able to use later for good? Simple, quick prompts to your brain. And remember, you're better at proving yourself right as an adult human than anything else you do. So when you begin to ask yourself these more positive-oriented questions to look for the positive or the good or the possibility, the alternative, you kick yourself in to prove yourself right mode and you begin proving that that is possible. And that's what we want to do with changing perspective. This next one is focused. You maintain a clear vision of what you want to achieve and what others in your organization, in your life, in your communities need to achieve. So this is about really getting clear on what is clear to you today. Write it down. Keep it in front of you. you you'd be surprised that there are a lot of things that are very clear to you. So everything is not out of control. For instance, your values, how you live, what you believe is most important, the legacy you want to leave in the world, those things are probably pretty clear to you. Sit down, write them down, and only update this list as often as you should, okay? <clears throat> Get really clear on what is excellence or winning for you, your team, again, your communities, your families. What really is excellence or winning? Write it down with specificity and write it down as if you've already achieved it. Um, even the simplest things, if you were doing this for your family, how often you're having dinner together and, and experiencing other events or activities or things together, how much time you're focused on X or Y. So be very, very clear and as specific as you possibly can be. I always tell people, define what your excellence or winning is like a fly on the wall could see it. And keep this in front of you. Visual prompts are very powerful for our brain. Visual prompts are about 65,000 times faster than text. So again, write it down. Write it down as if you've already there. Parachute yourself a year from now and imagine back the most perfect year in your life. That's what I want you to focus on as your definition of excellence. And then remind yourself throughout the day of what I do today, what's moving me, my team, my organization closer to winning. That's how you want to organize your day. And that's how you stay focused on what's really important. But you got to keep it in front of you. If you just write it down and hide it away, your brain won't recall it naturally. So get really clear on this. Talk about winning or excellence constantly with others, with people that are important to you. Because every time you talk about it, you're pounding out that mental pathway in your brain. You're making that pathway thicker and easier to travel therefore easier for you to reach your destination. The next um, factor of resiliency is flexible. You demonstrate pliability when you're responding to uncertainty. And this one, the easiest thing to do to build that muscle is to really think about what are the rules in your head? What do you assume must be done this way, have to be done that way? Well, that's the way we've always done it. And think about those, jot down what those rules are, and then again, question yourself. Have I updated these rules recently? I mean, the whole world has changed in the past year or so. Is this still the best thing? Just because it worked for us five years ago, is it still the best way to work today? 
Has anything changed for my customers, my suppliers, my vendors? Is there anything I can do to really question and update the rules or assumptions in my head? And then do that with others. Do it with others in your organization as well. Sit down and have people write down the rules. You will be shocked at what people assume the rules are. Most of them have to do with you, by the way, as leaders and managers in an organization. Most of them are more getting in the way than they're helping. And maybe they were a real rule five years ago, six years ago, even two years ago. And the problem is everything changed. But those rules, remember, we like to hold on to what we already know. We like things that are familiar. So we held on to that rule, even if you told us once to change it. Again, this is why people can go back and do kind of the same things that they used to do, even when you announced a new process and you thought you'd taught everybody and trained everybody to do it different. So individuals that are truly flexible can consider the rules and really challenge their own mind on assumptions and beliefs about what must be so. And the only way we get good at something is to practice doing it. So you have to practice doing this with yourself and others to get great at doing it. Proactive is the next factor of resilient individuals. This is where we engage change rather than defend against it, right? So we strike a balance between this excessive risk, you know, where we're, we're literally betting the whole farm, um, and avoidance, which is, of course, the other end of the scale where we're not making any decisions and we're not moving at all. So you want to make sure that you're practicing your abilities to be proactive. Some simple things to do, you know, pose questions of others about what's possible, what are the alternatives. When you've decided on something and you're absolutely positively sure it's so, I want you to ask yourself and your team, what's the second right answer? If we can't do the first one that we all agree is the best thing, what's the second best or right answer? And you will be shocked sort of gives your brain the permission to think a new thunk, to consider a possibility, alternative, or option. And this type of thinking is what helps us be proactive, to be able to consider before we're fully locked into something, is there something that if I take 15 seconds and think about this a little more, we will be even better than our competitors. We will exceed expectations because we spent 15 whole seconds using our brain to ponder. You know, are there other industries to look at? Are there other places where I can get ideas? Is this something I should go out on Google and just read about for a minute or two? It is amazing the pieces and parts your brain can put together um, when you just give yourself a little space, just a little space instead of running and to doing constantly. And that last factor of resiliency, of course, is organized. So this is about developing structured approaches to be able to manage ambiguity. When we don't know the answer, when we can't possibly get all the details, when we don't have all the facts in front of us, what kind of frameworks can we use in our brain to help us, right? It helps us move faster when we have structures and frameworks. Remember, I started with, we're structure-loving, pattern-seeking animals. So practicing breaking down a problem into simple pieces, visualizing a project from the end state working backwards, allocating just five minutes each day to organize your workspace. Those are huge for organizing your brain and creating structures as well. So keep the right thing in front of you to prompt yourself to do all these things. 
And in the next podcast, I'll share more simple tips for you on being more productive and even more resilient in this crazy world of constant unexpected change. Our thanks to Holly Green, global management consultant, award-winning speaker, and best-selling author with The Human Factor, Inc. And our thanks to you for continuing to listen and support these PDPW weekly podcasts. Until next time, have a great week.